is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hello, Faith Revisited listeners. Welcome to this podcast. This is number 30, which is very exciting for us. Same number of episodes as years you've been alive. That's true. So it's like the magic number. And we are just going to kind of catch up on what's happening. We had some great podcast episodes the last few weeks and guests come on and talk about what's happening in our world. We're here to kind of chat about where we're at, what we're thinking. Well, before we get there, I, I, I just, I've got to get the joke out of the way. This is episode Dirty 30. Okay. <laughs> this is episode Dirty 30. Let's so. just tell everybody what it is. And it's a dirty one because we're this honest to God. We, we talk about this we're talking air. about hand sanitizers. <laughs> yeah, dirty thirty, and it's all hand sanitizer and COVID. And and Excellent. the reality is, we talked about this off air, but but I kind of almost said we we've scripted nothing, and we have sort of a framework for plans. So our church is not looking to reopen until the at the earliest early August. And the truth is, for those of you who are not in the Savannah area or even the Georgia area who are listening, we are quickly becoming a hotspot all over again. Yeah, so as of already, like yesterday, yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, I'm already contemplating what if we have to put off until after Labor Day. So, so we're not looking at coming back until early August at the soonest. So we've got a, f- a framework that, that we've sort of written, but there's still a lot of loose ends about it. And so I, I thought we could just kind of talk through what ifs and why this and not that and, you know, various other things. And, and for those of you who may still be in the process of planning your reopening, I hope this is a helpful thing because by no means are we experts. I mean, we're even not. the experts are not experts. Yes. This. So we're all learning together. And I mean, you can hear in episode Dirty 30 just how dirty our thought process is because we don't know what we're doing yet. Around COVID, but this is a totally clean episode. You can listen to it with children in the car. Yes. Um, We do not have that explicit rating on our podcast yet. Um, Let's talk first about some precautions that you've made that are kind of a given. Um, Hand sanitizing stations, mass available. What kind of physical? Hand sanitizer stations we've purchased. Now we'll have bottles of sanitizer available. Uh, We're encouraging people to bring your own sanitizer in your purse or in your pocket or whatever it may be on your keychain. I don't care. But we'll have touch-free sanitizer stations. So imagine like you're at the hospital and you stick your hands under there and and sanitizer comes out. Um, We have masks that are available. Um, We'll be marking off pews, right? Yep, yep. And we've, I have not done, I've gone uh, lengthwise in the church down the center aisle. So we're going to have to skip two pews between every pew someone sits in. Um, and this is, is still, I want to say this today, we're recording this on Wednesday, June 24th. We still have over a month until yeah. 
we're reopening. So the, this is our ideas of what's happening. Yeah, so so we'll be skipping the every third pew you'll sit on. Um, there'll be other little loose ends that we're sort of uh, solidifying. You know, everything that you're going to need is going to be in your pew waiting for you. So there'll be no exchanging of things. There won't be any passing of the registration pads. You know, we're going to have a sign-in um, clipboard or something like that. Um, there'll be no offering plates. I'm, I don't yet know, but I, I'm imagining some form of uh, purchasing many small baskets that we'll have in pews you sit in. And if you have a check, you can drop it in your basket on your way in or out. Um, but there's going to be no, no swapping of, of hands and exchanging of things as much as possible. Um, one thing that I was thinking through today, we're not going to enter and exit in the same doors, okay. you know, because, because one of the things, and, and just a, a side note, and we can talk about this more later. So in the month of, pretty much the month of May, I was a part of a task force that was assembled that was um, theologians, worship theologians from all over the country, uh, officials from the Rollins School of Public Health at Emory University, um, members of the CDC, um, infectious disease specialists. And so, I mean, there was a nut and pastors. And so it was a big, and we put together this ecumenical uh, guidelines um, for, mm-hmm. for worship and, and reopening. And we can put the, the link to that work in the show notes. Um, but a, among the many things that we discussed is this notion of aerosol. And so every, just imagine, you know, air freshener that you spray and you know how it comes out in the mist and it, yeah. it kind of just dives down. It's the point of Febreze. The, yeah. Right. So the fear of this more so, I think, the risk factor in large groups is more so not so much from, you know, the droplets or whatever language they used from, from my mouth to you, which that's dangerous and we need to wear masks more on that in a minute. But the even bigger risk is the unknown factor of creating aerosols. And mm-hmm. so the more you force your breath through yelling, singing, um, loud things coming from your mouth, you create an, an uh, imagine a mist around you. Okay. The risk of this is that science tells us that this COVID disease, you know, where you see the diagrams of the droplets coming from your mouth and then diving six feet away. And that's why they say stay six feet apart. The aerosol stays in the air for up to like two hours. And so the fear of coming, of entering and exiting through the same door is if aerosol has been created, you're running a bigger risk by sending PS right. You're walking, basically walking through it. So we have to think through if you come in, side doors in the back of the church and then exit through the main doors in the back. Or if you come in the back, do I send people out through the parlor and the side entrance of the church? Those things were still kind of working out. So um, yeah, that's, that's among things. Um, Can I get on my mask soapbox for a minute? Yeah. Have, yeah. Have at it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say you have to go home if you don't come to church with a mask on, because we, we welcome everybody. But here's what I am going to do. We welcome everyone, but, but wear a mask. <laughs> you're going to get a guilt trip. If, <laughs> if, you, are, if you are of, of deciding age to make decisions for yourself, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not picking on children here. I'm talking about grown adults, mm-hmm. and, and you are that upset over wearing a comfortable cloth mask over your face and you're going to come to church and show that self-centeredness, then I'm going to lovingly point out 
in a way that I hope you'll understand. I'm not going to point you out, but I'm going to say, look, the best way we can love each other is to protect each other. And the yeah. best way we can protect each other in a group, wear your ding dang mask. It's not hard. It's really no. not hard. Yeah. And, I, and there's all this stuff, well, masks don't protect. The, I can catch COVID if I'm wearing a mask. That's not the point, dummy. Yeah. The point is you're not spreading COVID if you have it. It's about your neighbor, not you. So I'm really going to assert this in a very loving way that we love our neighbor best by wearing our mask. Yeah. Um, we're going to provide masks. We have, a, we have 500 right this minute. Uh, of the cloth mask mm -hmm. with the ear loops, very comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I'm encouraging people, bring your own. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said, hey, I'm going to wear one, but I don't want yours. I'm going to bring my yeah. own. Cool <laughs> beans. Go yeah. for it. Do it. it is fine with me. Yeah. But yeah, wear your dang mask, man. We're mm -hmm. coming to church. We're here to love mm -hmm. God and love our neighbor. Let's, let's act like we're actually here to do that. Yeah. So Enough what other soap. precautions, <laughs> great soapbox, what other precautions physically are you taking Anything else that comes to mind? What about like children? Yeah, so our building is designed where um, we have a sanctuary technically as one building and then an education building as a second building. And then they're joined by a flat roof that's over our parlor and half of our fellowship hall. So what we're thinking about doing is I'm calling it we're, we're modifying ministry across the board. So for some churches that have gone ahead and opened now, many of them are because children are known as super carriers or whatever it may be. They're just saying no children's ministry at all. Hmm. I have a problem with that because yeah. I have a problem with the fact that you're excluding families, but more so I have a problem with the fact that children don't have a choice in this. Yeah. And we don't need to delegitimize the importance of church in their life by saying, well, we can't let you get next to, you know, old people because you might get them sick. Well, kids care about church too, and they're just as much a part of the church as anybody else. Yeah. So we're going to modify and space out. We're going to have all the grownups in the sanctuary for worship. We're going to put the kids on the second floor. No, no non-family adults allowed on the second floor and we're going to, we're going to have our staff, our children's staff all in masks. We're going to have a check-in procedure with temperatures being checked. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm thinking through the pickup procedure. I'm not sure how that's going to look yet, but kids will go straight to their room. Um, we, I, we're going to train the staff. Kids don't socially distance. Okay. Yeah. And that's okay. That's whatever. Kids are going to be kids. But, but what the staff can do is we're going to retrain them to sort of everything they lead, they're going to lead from like a 10-foot distance. Okay. So the staff is going to socially distance from the kids to try to mitigate some of that risk. Now, the other thing is we're just going to be up front with parents and say, look, just like with schools, if you're not yeah. comfortable bringing your kid, yeah, by stay all home. means, if stay your home, kid is enjoy sick, the life. Stay home. Yes. Well, that one we're going to say, if anyone in your family has has had symptoms in the last two yeah. weeks, you need to stay home, period. Um, and I do hope our, our church family, like, I really do think that we love each other enough that people will know that, you know, and yeah. people are going to be unsure and aware and know what's going on in their family life. And they're not going to want to come to church yeah. if they have a cough. Yeah. And, you know, and other things like I'm going to wear a mask except when I'm preaching. <clears throat> but what I'm going to do there is um, uh, because we have a large sanctuary in the space where I very stand large. to preach is very, is very far apart from where people sit. I'm still going to mark off an extra row or two in front. just to put separation. Yeah, we're in the very front to put separation between me and the crowd. But, um, yeah, our, you know, so where I said. We're not going to say you must wear a mask or you're going to go home. 
you know, we're going to strongly encourage you to wear masks. The other thing we'll we're hand you a mask. Gonna, yeah. <clears throat> right. And if you're going to volunteer or if you're a paid staff member, you will wear a mask. Yeah. Because absolutely. those are, th- that's different than just attending. So, so when you're, when you're serving the church, you will wear a mask. Um, oh, and the big one, we don't yet know what we're going to do about music. Music for, I'm sure people, if you're a church leader and you're listening to this now, you probably are well-versed in all the risk of music. Singing, that aerosol we talked about, singing uniquely creates an abundance of aerosol. Mm -hmm. And so you hear these horror stories about how a choir of 50 rehearsed for, you know, an hour and a half and three-fourths of them you know, came back with COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to have soloist ensembles, possibly our handbell choir, I hope will grow because handbells, mm-hmm. we can socially distance and play mm-hmm. um, and not create aerosol that way. All of the music will happen. We also have a very large balcony behind everyone. So all of our music will happen in the, in the top, back of the balcony yeah and we'll socially distance singers and all this other stuff so we're we're going to be paring down our music there will be no congregational singing no no hymns and that's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. um because we're methodist and in our earliest days we were known for our singing we were we were known by other denominations because we were such rowdy singers in the very front of our hymnal. If you get bored next time I'm preaching, open a hymnal and it's John Wesley's rules for singing in the very front. And huh. so singing's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Singing's a big deal in the Methodist tradition. Charles Wesley, John's brother is one of the most prolific hymn writers ever. So yeah. um, that's probably the most heartbreaking part of this is Methodist or Methodist when we sing together. Mm-hmm. And this, this is going to kind of, uh, keep us from being that for a little while. Yeah. And when we eat together and we're also having to pause yeah. gatherings with food. Um, yeah, there'll so be no food gatherings. What have your thoughts been? I know your whole goal, you've had this goal for a long time and we've talked about it of having two services. <laughs> have you thought about adding an additional one um, when we come back from COVID and for the reason being that maybe our church isn't fully ready for it, but now with COVID we are? Like, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I have, I have, um, I'm working through those thoughts. So here, here are the the things I'm wrestling with. Um, a lot of churches are doing pre-registration to sort of get a gauge on their numbers. Hmm. So, um, you know, if say if our capacity is 80 people in the sanctuary for one service, well, the moment we get 75 people signed up, that tells you we need to have a second worship time because we have to drive that crowd size down. Now we did a survey few weeks ago and number of people, I, I think upwards of 30 plus said they would come to a nine o'clock service, just help the crowds go down. So we have mm-hmm. only an 11 o'clock service. We have a wide open nine o'clock time period. Um, so the possibility could be that we do two in-person services, one at nine, one at 11. The other scenario I'm kind of wrestling with, and I don't know what to do with yet is our live stream's gotten pretty dang good. Yeah. And it's getting better. I'm, Yeah. And I know of a church that has actually decided to make the nine o'clock service, the in-person service and the 11 o'clock service, the live stream. Interesting. And so if you come at 11, you understand you're basically a live studio audience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose connection to, to what we've built with our live stream audience. Because we have people from other States and we have really gone, gotten our reach out there and we don't want to lose that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, luckily my doctoral project is going to be, I have a huge focus on online worship yeah. and how to, how to really make this continue to, <laughs> to grow. So in the meantime, I don't know, I'll tell you a friend of mine who pastors a church in middle Georgia, they average probably three to 400 people a week. Um, and I heard this third hand through someone else, but they reopened and had like 60, 70 people. Mm-hmm. And the average is three or 400 a week. And his comment was, if, if you didn't go ahead and declare you're going to open in June, just wait until August. I mean, he yeah. basically said, my people told me they don't want to come back. Yeah. That's so, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 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 you know, in my mind, I've said, okay, we've, we've averaged before COVID, we averaged uh, near 150 a week. Mm-hmm. Let's say a third of them stay home is what I always guess. So I said a hundred. I think now it could be more like 40 or 50 are going to come to church. It may yeah. be a lot fewer than I thought. So yeah, all the more reason that instead of two in person live stream engaged, absolutely. We, we gear at first toward, it'll also help with uh, volunteers and it'll help with a number yeah. of things and not spread us too thin. So one service be in person, but then we understand our team and you know, that we've kind of built mm-hmm. and, and gotten going that there's a second time of the morning that we're pumping out a great live stream service. Yeah. And if people want to come, they can socially distance and sit through it. But I just think we're going to need to keep that connection going, especially if Savannah's on the upswing again. Exactly. Um, how do you think people are feeling? Like, what is the attitude? You said you sent out a survey, which is probably a great step. Um, how is our congregation feeling? Are they antsy to get back? Are they kind of more hesitant? Very hesitant. I, I Unless they're keeping quiet and they don't want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting no pushback about not That's reopening. Good. Um, every time I mention how long we're waiting, I get lots of accolades and yeah. thanks. And, you know, I don't think people, probably the one, the one group that's turning into if we're not careful collateral damage is I think the kids are really antsy to get back together. Mm-hmm. I think the kids are losing steam on Zoom Sunday school. That was a great novelty early. Yeah. But we got to remember, we've, we've had our kids online, I mean, with no yeah. friends for Correct. months now. So, mm-hmm. and they don't have the outlets that we have of social media and phones, yeah. you know, if they're young. So, yeah, Zoom kids, Sunday school is not a permanent solution. Yeah, it's a great, and our children's director has done a great job putting it out every single week, and, and, but I think the kids are probably getting antsy, so we're trying to think through. We've got a virtual VBS experience coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking through the possibilities of a what would it look like to do an outdoor special event where we just tell families, if you want to come, come. If you don't, don't. Yeah. Social distance. But that's the one group, the kids, that I think yeah. are, are getting antsy yeah. to come back. The grownups, nah. I understand. Wow. Um, any other, you know, as we're thinking about reopening, we are, we'll probably focus another podcast on this of how we kind of outgrew our current live stream and we are upgrading our live stream service. Um, but besides that, what, any other lasting points for someone who's thinking besides you need to get a grasp on the logistics and you've had a whole team of people, the administrative Mm -hmm. board, administrative board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've been, helping you put guidelines together. So it's not just on you to come up with all of that yourself. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I've found is um, everybody is putting their own twist and 
uh, um, interpretation on the same research. Mm -hmm. So for example, locally, there was a news story about like 70 or exactly. This is a great example because I texted you like, oh my gosh, this task force of faith leaders in Savannah are doing this one thing and saying, don't open until there's a vaccine. You know, yes, but you said yeah. they're looking at the same research that you are. And yeah, the reason I didn't get too involved with that is I had spent that month of May with the same CDC data and CDC people in person. You know, I wasn't just interpreting guidelines. We were talking to the people themselves. Yeah. And so we're all kind of using the same research and then putting our own interpretation. Um they weren't wrong, the local leaders. Yeah. Um, it's very much in concert with what we produced, but it's exhausting, to be honest. Yeah. So once I've kind of gone through it with one group, I said, this is going to be the group and the work and the task force that I'm latching on to. Yeah. And then I'm going to bring into our local church and everyone sort of gets their favorite and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Everyone and their brother has done a webinar and yeah. everything else. So this is what I'm bringing in for us. And it's very detailed. It even gets into how we're going to have communion and how we need to probably wait on communion for a little longer. Oh, what I it would communion. look like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, but for example, what, what would it look like for a smaller group to have communion and then yeah. have um, packets that we go distribute to church members and yeah. leave on their front porch and mm -hmm. in liturgy. And it's a beautiful thing yeah. to extend the table is what we call it. And so there'll be things like that that we'll discuss. Great. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, everyone's kind of working on the same, same thing. The other thing that I, I, I want to give pastors grace on is um, you're not just, if you haven't figured this out already and it took me a while, you are not going to eliminate risk. You're just not. Mm -hmm not going to happen. You're not going to eliminate risk. The moment you leave your house, you are yeah. taking risk. Okay? Absolutely. And by the way, it's been that way forever. Mm -hmm. Like you get in a car, you're taking a risk. Oh yeah. This is just a scary thing. And it's, you know, we've put a lot of fear and there's a lot of legitimate things to be worried mm -hmm. about. Um, so the, what you have to get in your head is you're not eliminating risk. You're mitigating risk. So give yourself the grace to say, look, this is the best we can do. Mm -hmm. Be upfront with your people and say, I'm not sure we can do any better. And if you're mm -hmm. not comfortable, give people an out to stay yeah, home. Absolutely. Don't shame people for not coming back to church and offer them something really quality online. One of the things, yeah. and I, I, uh, I have not told you about this, but I, I want to soon. One of the things that I'm going to start working on this summer is um, now, that, now that, well, you're going to have to show me how to premiere videos, <laughs> but now that we <laughs> premiere videos, um, I want to create online Bible studies and premiere them. Okay. And be able to yeah. continue doing some online stuff for yeah. people because it may be a while longer or we may be back to, um, you know, stay at home orders or yeah. the thing that I heard the World Health Organization is actually suggesting if we do this again, that we do two weeks on, two weeks off. So two weeks you have to stay home, two weeks you oh, can go out. Oh, goodness gracious. Because they're afraid of what is the economic impact. So, yeah, yeah, give people grace to not come to church. Give yourself mm -hmm. the grace to say this is the very best we can do. And, and give them options one way or the other. And that's what you're talking about with still keeping some type of live service or recorded version of it. Um, even if you can't go live logistically, record it and post it. Um, yeah. But allow people to make their own decisions um, and do the best you can. But also, I really believe that people need church. Like people need that fellowship and I cannot wait for people to be back together, even if it's socially distanced and I can't actually give people hugs. I'm really missing that in-person connection. Yeah, me too. And, and, you know, it's one of those things too, that, um, it's, it's going to be a both end. I do tell pastors, you know, you're not going to go back to a no 
no online, no digital yeah. ministry world. You're going to have to learn to live mm-hmm. in two worlds, but there are both fan worlds. So you can do both at the same time. And your yeah. context may, may not require as much digital interaction as other contexts, but mm-hmm. don't just poo poo the idea. Things are not going to go back to the way they were. They're, they're going to become a new normal. Yep. So we, we, we've got to learn to evolve and be ready. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, that was our conversation on the potential plans for reopening TBD and when that's going to happen and what precautions that us at Trinity Church are making. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Please leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. I'm bringing out my newscaster voice all of a sudden. Um, Hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you have any feedback or anything that you're doing that's different, please let us know on either of our social media channels and we thank you for joining us. Oh, and one last thing, uh, because Molly agreed right beforehand, you can be on the lookout soon for our video that we'll do about (laughs) our reopening process that Molly and I will be co-hosting together. It'll be like Faith Revisited Live, which would be kind of fun to do. We should think about that. Well, people only see me in front of the camera, so you're about to get from behind the camera. So it'll be oh, good. Be great. on the lookout for that. It was great to be with you. I love processing things with you. I hope our audience gets something out of it. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day.